everybody. Welcome to Long Term Memory. My name's Jack. And my name's Colin. Jack, how are you this week? Aye, not bad, mate. Not bad. Um, we're doing something a little bit different this week. We've got a guest. Um, first time first time guest. And, well, introduce yourself, mate. Ben from um, Lads to Dads podcast. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well. Thanks for having me, Jack and Colin. Appreciate it. Aye, no. Absolute pleasure. A pleasure, mate. Um, like I says, I... Uh, Sort of stumbled across your lads to dads on a, a Facebook podcast forum thing and listened yeah. to a few episodes and realised dead similar to what we do. Just two guys, two pals, chatting away, having a, mm-hmm. just shooting the shit basically. I really enjoyed that is exactly it. it. So I decided to send you a wee message and say, Look, mate, you fancy coming on? And then we will be coming on in a couple of weeks on yours and we'll, we'll see how things go. You want to tell us a little bit about well, yourself and your podcast, mate? Yeah, well, like I said, um, I'm obviously I'm Ben. I'm half of Lads to Dads. Matt, my uh, my partner in crime, uh, he works away at the moment, hence why you've got me today, lads. Um, yeah, the podcast basically was um, Matt and I, who's uh, he's my best mate. Um, we, we went to uni together. Um, I left uni because I was fucking, oh shit, I couldn't. I was too pissed to even get pick up a pen, so uh, <laughs> wow. soon enough dropped. Soon enough dropped out. Um, Matt carried on. He was doing stand up comedy, um, and we just always maintained like talking to each other. And I'd go down to see him at uni, and like he'd come up and see me. And um, yeah, we've always kept in contact, and we'd always go out and get into fucking mischief all the time. It'd be, you know, uh, Matt's from Hull, so you know he all they do up in Hull is drink, drink excess. So <laughs> it's Hull, not a shit hole, man. <laughs> Uh, he'll tell you otherwise, but yeah, I think it was, I think it was voted the worst place to live in England. Um, I think yeah, so. Uh... So, uh, so yeah, we um we we got up to all sorts of stuff, going out, getting pissed, doing like what lads would do constantly every weekend, and it just got to the stage where it was just full throttle. Um, bonded like a had a you know bonded a really good friendship together. You know, he's my best mate and that. And then um, I've, I found a girl, um, got her up the duff by accident. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of months later on, Matt rungs me with the same sort of uh issue. He's going, oh, I think I'm going to be a dad as well, mate. So, um, we started, you know, this was before we even thought about a podcast. Um, we were just like trying to come to terms with like the realization of like, look, we've got to start putting our dad life in front of the lad life now. So, uh-huh. there's not been no, you know, we've only gone out a few times and you know, we've just sort of we just realized the, the transition that we've both gone through at the same time. Um, and we thought, you know, how many other dads have, la- dads have had to hang up their lad boots and, like, you know, rein it in a little bit. And, you know, you miss it. And, you know, you miss going out to the pub with your mates, getting fucking smashed on a Saturday, coming home on a Sunday night. You know what I mean? Misbehaving. Um, and, yeah, we just thought, well, the amount of times that uh, we talk about it and, you know, we should maybe put that down into a podcast. Um, See, I can, I can totally, I can totally understand that because I became a dad Ben at eighteen. Oh fucking so, hell, mate! Yeah, man. Half a um, lifetime ago, now, mate. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I became a dad at eighteen, which kind of changed my life completely for, for the better. I might add, um, I'm not with um, my daughter's mum, but it kind of wisened me up and made me get a grip of myself and get a decent job and do various things I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. 
And I'm sort of seeing the benefits now because I didn't have any other children. I'm now married to somebody else and delighted. And all my mates are starting to have kids now. And yeah. they're all starting to have all these issues. And it takes a year to organise a night out and to do everything else. Whereas I'm pretty much footloose and fancy free and can do anything I like. So yeah, yeah. I'm sort of seeing the benefit of it now rather than at the start of my sort of teenage life but whatever way I did it so yeah. it all works out for the best however you do it it, do, it does it does it. it's um you know look, looking back now like me and Matt uh you know you couldn't have picked two blokes who you'd think out of a group of blokes wouldn't have kids first because Matt's like you know he's he's just about able to put his shoes on the right feet he's uh he's a bit slow <laughs> he's one of the cleverest blokes slow. I know but he's one of the cleverest blokes I know but he's also he, he can be fucking he's he's, he's a loose cannon that bloke um, me and myself, I could just about fucking get changed in the morning sometimes. Um, and then, you know, we, we just were thrown in the deep end with um, with these children. And it's like you say, as soon as the, the baby's there, that's it. You've just got to, you've got to grow up, haven't you? You've got to, you know, start putting everything, you know, you're not, you're not the priority anymore. You've got to put this person as your priority. And uh, it's, you know, it's quite a big change. Well, it's a huge change. And um, we just sort of, we talk about the past, the things in the past that we've done and, how now, like how life's changed, you know, like going out on a Friday night, you know, it take hours and hours to get ready. Now it's just like, well, it's fucking, yeah, should we, uh, should we put Netflix on and we'll put the fish fingers in the oven for the kids? You know what I mean? That's about as exciting <laughs> a Friday gets at the moment. Um, but yeah, we, um, going back to the podcast, we, uh, we also, uh, you know, the, one of the main ingredients for the podcast really kicking off and making the start is uh, both me and Matt, we, you know, we've, uh, we've got, uh, had some mental health issues, uh, down the uh, you know in the past and um we just realized that a lot of this has come from well i, I was suffering with uh, depression and uh, without even really knowing it and i was drinking a lot and you know getting up into you know things i shouldn't have been doing um and it's all it all stemmed from the fact that the whole life changed and i didn't know how to handle it uh, and i had no one else to talk to bar matt because he was going through similar things and you know we we sort of come to the, the realization that there'll be so many other dads out there who have made that, you know, they're now in the deep end with children, their whole life's changed, uh, they've got nowhere to speak out. And we, you know, we talk a lot about mental health because, you know, we, we, we know that, you know, statistically men, you know, bottle stuff up inside and don't really, you know, you know they're not as open as women. Um, so me and Matt decided the podcast is a great place to, you know, all, you know, we talk about you know stuff that's really really deep but we try and put a little, little, little light-hearted twist on it to you know make it a bit more fun and more interactive so that people know that you know they're not the only one going through this um you know it does get better and there is light at the end of the tunnel oh big time mate like I, I've, I've been i've been fucked with mental health for years and years up and down up and down you know like like since i was 17 dad died when i was 17 so didn't know what to do so booze drugs all sorts you know that was just it for I was about twenty eight, and I mean it was like ten years. I don't have I don't have kids, but it did get to the stage. I was like, right, I need to take a look at myself here, man, and fucking not just grow up, but if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to end up fucking flying yourself out a window or something. You know, you really would. Yeah. It would get to that stage. So exactly, I totally, yeah, t- totally understand, mate. And it's um, well, I, I would say I'm it's the good path to talk, where... basically. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, that's, it's that's a cliche, that's, but that's it is. Oh, 100%. And, you know, these cliches are there for a reason. Uh, you know, we um, we do really, you know, in every podcast episode, we do want people to know that, you know, what me and Matt go through and what, you know, we're not the only ones. We want to share all this stuff because 
even if we get one person listening and they go, we've actually had messages from people who've listened to our podcast and gone, do you know what, lads, that, that episode was what we needed, what I needed today, okay. talking about issues that they're going through. And you think, do you know, that's that's what it's all about. But I think we're, what me and Matt are different, Matt's, Matt's a very, very funny bloke. Um, you know, put me and him in the room together. It's, uh, you know, we can have a plan to talk about stuff, but we can go off and, on a wild tangent. And I think people like to hear that. You know, that down to earth, you know, people chatting shit, you know, you hear on the radio, people are all like prim and proper. But, you know, our podcast, like yourselves, it's uh, say how it is because it's uh, straight to the point, isn't it? And, you know, people listen and hopefully uh, get, you know, take it on the chin and, you know, benefit from it. Uh, well, me and Colin have been podcasting for, for years um, behind a paywall. So uh, we've brought a lot of listeners with us, I think, um, over yeah. the, past, the past couple of months and... A lot, of, a lot of people say it's like, is it sort of like the chat you would hear in the pub, if, you know what I mean, if, if you go to the exactly. pub anywhere, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it kind of, it does, it's um, it's pretty easy going, basically, it's pretty easy going, you know, so it's it's all good, it's all good. <clears throat> anyway, Colin, um, we 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 had we, we like to come up with some sort of plan, you know. So yeah, like we have had some listener stories in me, um, right. from like we are quite interactive with listeners, so a lot of people are quite happy to sort of email us or or, or send us stories or tag us and things. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a look at basically kind of like a bit like gossip mongers, you know that that, that podcast <laughs> yeah. that. I used to quite enjoy, but... Used oh, to be good. Used to be good until they get rid of old <laughs> Poppy, man, just, just dumped her like a piece of shit, which was pretty bad in order. But yeah. um, we're just going to look at stories from people and then just shoot the shit, you know, and see see how see how it goes. Colin, you want to start, mate? You want me to start with something here? I'll go with the first one. I'll tell the story from uh, a long-term listener, uh, Lewis Wardrop. Um, so this story comes when he was at school, probably in about third or fourth year. Uh, from an English point of view, third or fourth year would be about 14 or 15. Um, and there was a geeky couple in my English class. Um, the girl had obviously been telling one of her pals about her sex life and said that her boyfriend's cock tasted like sweet potato. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. What I'm not that sure lucky if... girl, eh? <laughs> Um, I'm not sure it did taste like that, but it spread like wildfire through the school and it shows how good our pal was at keeping secrets. Um, anyway, one day in English, someone asked the lassie if his cock really did taste like sweet potato. The poor girl ran out of the class crying, closely followed by um, the actual sweet potato tadger himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, not sure how much truth was behind all this, but there were surely worse things your dick could taste of than sweet potato. Um, recently, I wrote on the shopping list this guy's cock instead of sweet potato. I almost said the guy's name there. Um, <laughs> so if, let's say the guy's name was Mark Smith. I almost wrote Mark Smith's cock instead of sweet potato. My girlfriend had to ask what the fuck I'd written that for. I explained the story to her, but she did not find it as funny as I did. I sometimes think about him and wonder if he's out there giving any more birds a mouthful of that sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> what legend he is. Oh man, it's a fun, it's funny. One of the other parts of that story that interests me the most is there's things that I'll find absolutely hilarious, and me and Jack have quite a similar sense of humour, and we'll laugh at the same stupid things and nonsense, and we both will tell these stories or these jokes or these things to our other halves, 
and both of them we'll just look at it as like we're absolute fucking idiots. They do not get yeah. the same sort of humour that we get. I don't know exactly. Just, I'm, like, a I'm in the same things. boat as you. I'm in the exact same boat as you. My wife looks at me like I'm a retard sometimes. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'll, I'll say I'll say something I think hilarious, and she'll just go, "You're fucking weird, you are." And I'm it's wasted on her. So uh, keep me jokes to myself now. <laughs> yeah, my wife just she turns and says I'm a child quite often, but she does listen to this podcast and she laughs a lot when she's listening to it. So I don't really get it because she doesn't laugh as much at real life me. But listening to the podcast, she sits and giggles away with her headphones on. So <laughs> we must be doing something right. It's me she's laughing at, mate. Fuck's it. Nah, I was worried about that, but I She said no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, Jack cunt's not funny. <laughs> don't let don't let him kid you on. Aye, for sure. Right. <laughs> What age have you been? What age you, mate? 31. Right, okay, so a couple of years younger than myself and Colin. Aye. Since I've had kids, I feel about fucking 51, though. Fucking, yeah. I've started, like, my back's going, my knees are going. Um, I, you know, I started wearing fucking dad outfits now, wear, like, a fucking polo neck, look like a right twat. Um, it's all gone out the window, really, since I've had kids, you know. Have you, got um, a, you got a couple of ends, a couple of youngsters? I've got, um, I've got a two, a three-year-old and an 18-month-year-old. And I've got a stepson who's just turned 12 now, going on fucking 21. Actually, I've got a stepson who is actually like 21. <laughs> oh, that's all right then, yeah. But, well, that's all right, because my stepson, Caleb, he's uh, he's going for, he's just started big school now. Right. Um, so he'll probably be hearing all the rumours about people with sweet potato cocks, and he'll be coming home fucking trying to taste the sweet potato. <laughs> um, he... Um, he just developed this attitude now, which has only come from him going to school. It's the the talking back, the fucking. Uh, well, you ask him to do something, and it's all fucking the, the you know. So, oh, Caleb, you have me dishwasher. Oh God, oh. it's like oh God. You know, like that um that scene in um Harry Enfield when um oh, Kevin, Kevin turns thirteen. Yeah, that's what I'm dealing with at the moment, mate. And then I've got Theo, who's my little three year old. He uh he just is obsessed with fucking dinosaurs. He um thinks he's a dinosaur. He starts like roaring in the living room. I'm like, well, this kid's special. Um, and then my other son, Ronnie, he's um, he's about the same size as Theo, he's three. Uh, he's 18 months, sorry. And he's like a fucking bulldog, just runs around smashing shit up. So come home to a real peaceful house, really. So it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, thank fuck I don't have kids, man. It sounds like a fucking nightmare. Jesus oh, you'd love Christ. it. You'd love no, it. I haven't, I, had a, haven't had a sleep. I haven't had a good night's sleep in about three years. Like, I don't sleep well anyway, but fucking no. I, like... Every now and again, my um, Karen's niece will pop in and like ask me to look after the kid, and I just can't speak to children. Like it's like must be like a guys that don't have kids. I just find it so awkward. Like it's alright speaking to a dog. Like you can go, "Hey, oh look at the doggy," but when it comes to like speaking to a child, man, I just shout one thing, Colin, all the time. Hello, little, little baby. baby. That's just I just <laughs> shout that constantly, at babies, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's it a sight to be seen, actually. It's very, very good. I saw it outside a pub a couple of months ago when one of the guys, uh, Missy, turned up with her baby and Jack completely changed into this like baby whisperer for about five minutes. But it was very much just little baby, little baby, over and over and over again. Um, they don't understand you, man. You can say fucking anything. To I, end up telling, like, I end up telling the kid pure, like, my life story and all that, like, what was happening. Like, I'm, I'm not feeling too great about X, Y, and Z, and the wee baby's just sitting there like that. You fucking, like, I don't quite understand what you're saying, but I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored, big man. So turn it up, get fucking Paw Patrol on, and turn yourself down a little bit. Oh, mate. There's, a, 
there's a good transformation that does happen though because so my daughter Jessica is 17 she was 17 in March and we talk every couple of days or every day or so quite often on FaceTime and stuff like that and you, we've now got this kind of relationship where it's just like she's my pal talking really because she's a proper wee adult now and it's a proper adult conversation that you have and we chat I was chatting to her yesterday she was telling me she booked her driving test and stuff like that and it's it's amazing how you do go through that change from being the dad and how they kind of look up to you and they think you're really, really funny. And then just one day, they kind of wake up and realise that their dad isn't as cool as they thought he was. No, These yeah, jokes aren't it. as funny as they thought they were and all that sort of stuff. But it is, it's, it's a great wee relationship and oh, she's, she's cracking. I could talk to her all day. So I feel really, really lucky in that regard. But I do remember the kind of the child ones and having the childish conversations. That is a completely different kettle of fish as well. So it's it does it's, it's remarkable how it changes, but you've got to look forward to. Did yeah. um did your podcast start as a blog, mate? Did I am I getting a bit mixed up? No, I know no, you we, do have a blog. Aye. Yeah, we've got a blog on uh, ladstodads.com. We've got um we've got our blog and our podcast is all on their episodes. Um, but I, I, I've I've got to be honest, Matt is the is the genius behind the blog. Really, I've. I've done a couple of blogs and stuff like that, and he sort of I'll send it over to him. Go, what do you think? And he he always writes back, yeah, that's quality, mate. I'm just going to change a few things, like probably because there's too many <laughs> f words and you know too many too many um, swear words. But um, he he's very creative in that sense. Like that's what he did at uni, and um, you know he he just sort of got that down to a neck, really. And I, I don't really want to piss in his parade and make it worse. So um, you know I'm, I just sort of you know give him my input and let him. Uh, let the creative genius side take over and he, he he's putting out some really good blogs at the moment getting quite a lot of good feedback and uh, yeah people seem to be liking them so he's doing something right uh, well, how do you feel about feedback right because i fucking love it man like i, I love yeah, no, i love the interactions what, and the yeah. speaking to people and having a just i just we, interacting with we um people we, we did a we did a podcast with Jenny Powell and Kelly Pegg, who are the hot mess mums. And um, we would, we would, we'd probably only had about five, six episodes out. Um, and Jenny as soon as Powell, we got there... The, I'm going to say the Jenny Powell, but... The Jenny Powell. The Jenny Powell from Wheel of Fortune. That's the one. That's no the way, I just assumed it was the same name. That's pretty cool. No, no. I grew up, um, touched my belly when she was on the telly. So <laughs> yeah, she, um, they, we, we messaged them and they were kind enough to have us on their podcast. And um, instantly, you know, when you get that feel that, you know, it's um, someone's, you know, very interested and got a lot of time for what you're saying. And she was so highly, you know, praising us really like you guys have got something special. Um, you know, it's, it's such a good avenue that you guys are going down. And um, it's just quite bizarre to hear that from her, considering it's just two dickheads chatting shit, really. Um, so, yeah, she, um, you know, getting feedback like that and we get messages from people saying, um, like I said to you earlier, like, oh, that episode really helped or we've got a couple of loyal fan, loyal followers um who have just like like, like we just done a, a chili challenge of the carolina reaper the world's I hottest chili that. I'll watch that, mate, I. and um yeah we've had a lot of people just howling at it and we get what's nice is we get little messages through on like twitter or instagram that people quoting some of our stuff we've said on the podcast um that's like made them laugh and stuff like that so that's you know that's that's nice to hear back it makes it all worthwhile really yeah it really does colin and myself are massively into it, so we are, mate. <laughs> yeah, we are. We definitely are. Like on the on the old um, the, the other network we we podcast on the paywall one, 
each show comes out and it has its own little comments box after it, so you would get regular interaction with people that listen. So you'd maybe get 30 or 40 comments every episode of people just joining in the debate and seeing what they liked and what they didn't like, and that's really good. That gives you a good insight into what you're doing well and what you're not and what people that's, like. That's what, I, that's what I find with podcasts. Because it's such like someone's clicked on your podcast to listen to it, because um, obviously it's you know they've seen something that they like the sound of, like the look of, and, you know, this day and age, you get a lot of people trolling, a lot of negativity on, like, you know, celebrities' votes and stuff. With, I find with the podcast, and, you know, we've only really we've only had a couple of people, you know, negative, you know, people who just want to be a pain in the ass. But you don't, I don't, I don't seem to come across it as much. Um, it seems to be a lot more positive. People, like, get behind each other and, that yeah, that's nice. fucking funny, lads. That's quite um When's the next one out? Because that's the thing. We get a lot of people asking, when's the next episode? Because sometimes me and Matt will go, you know, like, six weeks without an episode because he's away. Um, and it's nice to know that people like still wanting us. You know, it'll be three or four weeks we haven't put an episode out there, and we're just concentrating on the blog, and um, get a little comment saying, "Boys, looking forward to the next episode. When's it coming out?" You know, that just you know changes the whole game for us. Really, it makes it all worthwhile, and we just you know gives us um, fire under our belly to get back in there. And what sort of I'm going to call it a creative process, but it's it's not particularly that. What, have you got like a sort of like was it off pod we were speaking about it? Where do you let sort of Matt got on with things and then you sort of just well, turn up basically <laughs> well sometimes it feels like that but basically what we, what we used to do is before the podcast is I'd ring Matt so if I'm driving to work or you know I'd ring him up early in the morning I'm driving to work an hour away or on the way back and we just chat about shit and then it's sort of now become like what we're going to talk about we sort of write it down um Matt's the we go, we go to Matt's Matt we do the Matt's got the studio at his um that's where we do it um but, you know, we, we, we sort of both come together on what we're going to talk about. But we probably, we don't write down like a lot. We just have a few bullet points. And we just have a real, I think because me and Matt, you know, like yourself, um, Colin, you both, both of you, I've like, known each other years. We've just got that general flow, which um, oh. I think if you just stuck two random blokes together, you, you know, you get the quiet patches and stuff like that. And it's a bit awkward. Um, edit and like fuck like that. Cut that. Truncate the silence, <laughs> man. Get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. But um, with Matt and I, you know, we're both on the same wavelength on a lot of stuff. So, you know, we say we're going to talk about things, and um, we've both got the same notes, and uh, we know we we sort of know where we can sort of direct each other just through like how we like come across from like being friends, how we talk about things. So if we want to move on to a next topic, it sort of goes really, it flows really well. So, mm. um, but yeah, Matt Matt does a lot of the. He, he he does a lot more of the blog. Um, you know, he's like, like I said, he's he's very good at it. That's you know, I'd say that's his forte, and he enjoys doing it. I enjoy doing it as well. Um, I just try and try and put some input in when I can, and give Matt um, you know what I'm what I want to write about and everything right. I've done. He said he's liked, but yeah, we uh, we both come to we both. It's, it's with regarding the podcast, it's definitely fifty fifty. We're uh, coming up with like plans and stuff like that, but you know, a lot of it is. We'll have five or six things to talk about. We might only talk about one because we go off for so fucking long talking about that's stuff. It, just, get, just gets louder and louder, and you know, get a bit more, gets a bit more in depth, and um, that's what people like to hear. And, and what what made you? I noticed that recently you started doing the vi- like the videos rather than just obviously the audio. Well, ex- the, the main reason we've always wanted our podcast to come across like two lads down the pub, like yourself. Um, you know, the two lads next door, you know, you're, you're, they're on the opposite table to you and you go, oh, fucking hell, listen to these two clowns talking. Whereas now, you know, you can actually see the two clowns talking together. You know, you're you're sat watching it and you're just listening in, if you know what I mean. 
Um, so we wanted to create that sort of, you know, that that vibe. Um, and also, I think it was uh, just another avenue that we wanted to explore uh, because a lot of our humour, you know, when we're just doing it over podcasts, a lot of, you know, we pull funny faces, like some silly faces and people don't really, you know, sarcasm and stuff. And um, I just think it gives the, the listeners a bit more about me and Matt, really, of like how we how we like to laugh about things. It get, gets our, you know, both of our personalities across a bit better. I for sure. I, I'm fat, ginger and bald, man. So like, I'm I'm not particularly keen <laughs> on the whole being on fucking camera. Like, like you, you mentioned that Matt, Matt's got like a, when you say a studio, is it like, is that a room well, he's curtain got, in it type thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what it, well, uh, he, Matt's got, his house is, well, he, he moved into a new house and he's got, um, got a perfect little setup in his downstairs uh and it just, it just instead of trying to you know put curtains up and making it look a bit tacky we um we sort of just looked like a, a geezer's living room really that's about it but um but just off the, you know not you don't see the settee or the tv um but yeah we were looking at obviously before this lockdown stuff we uh like i said when we went to the podcast stuff in london with uh jenny pound kelly peg um we were looking at renting one of the, the studio rooms up there um we get the train up there do a couple of episodes in a day mm-hmm. Um, cause we had some guests lined up and obviously because of COVID that all fell through. Um, so we just, we just making ends meet at the moment. Um, but we, we've been talking about the YouTube doing it for a while and then we just thought, you know, fuck it, let's just do it. You know, we talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Um, but the longer you talk about it, the longer you're not doing it. So we just done it. And, um, you know, we're learning as we go. Um, we're learning, um, how many curtains we should put on the wall and where, where's the best camera view and stuff like that. But. Yeah, it's like a learning process, and um, it just brings the listeners along with us, um, watching the growth and watching uh, watching the transition that we're going through. Magic, magic. Call me, like, we'll move on. Like, I was going to read this uh, thing about Peter, but we've actually spoken about this before, so I'm going to let you read that again because I might just end up pissing myself trying to read this. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do sometimes break down with some of this stuff. Mm. Um, okay, so this story is about a guy called Peter. Um, there was a kid called Peter who lived nearby growing up. His dad was a bit of a deviant. <laughs> bit of a deviant, come on. <laughs> he would he would brag about his dad's porno mag and video stash collection. Anyway, one day we finally saw the stash. Real hardcore filth that on any given day could lead to an arrest. Think BDSM, <laughs> water sports, horses and the like. <laughs> oh man, pissing on Peter. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Each to their own, but don't be pissing me, you. Um, Peter told us that he'd often take the porn mags into the fields behind his house to wank and would pass off any spare magazines to younger lads in the area who thought he was some sort of god. He was maybe 10 or 11, so you would imagine he was being a bit untruthful, or so we thought. So one day while I was playing in the fields, we came across this stash of pornos. We opened a few of them and noticed something peculiar. Where the vaginas should be, there was literally a hole in the magazine. He'd been shagging the hole in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> from from that day onward, he was known as Peter the Porno Pied Piper on account of him dishing out his soiled mags to his loyal band of followers. First thing, what an absolute legend. <laughs> I, I don't know, this must not, this must cross borders, basically. Like finding a porn one a bush, mate. Was that something you did? Was that something that happened to yourself when you were younger? Like, just, mate, oof. I was just about to say, we used to, when I was a nipper, about, oh, probably about nine, ten, I used to live down in uh, Broadstone in Dorset. And we used to go to this little skate, well, not skate, this little like grass bit where there's some bike jumps. And um, 
there were like these lads about two years older than us, and they had porn mags on them. And then they all fucking, instead of taking them home, because you think they're about 12 and we were about 10, you think, oh, they're big boys, you know what I mean? They run the route. They, they own the yard. But obviously they'd go home and they couldn't take these porn mags home. So they'd like stuff them under these rocks underneath the jumps. <laughs> and um, my mate who was um, on the bike, he'd go up the jump. We only stumbled across it because he was so shit on his bike. He went over this jump, went head over tear, and he landed on these rocks. And um, truth be told, there were these um, where they stashed these little dirty pictures. All these pictures had like pulled out, and all the boys we ran in over like tits, Fanny. Oh my god! Mind you, my mate's lying on the floor with like his collarbone hanging out of his fucking shoulder. Fuck um, him. We can give a toss about. We can give, yeah, we can give a toss about him. There was Shirley with her tits out. We were all over it. Um, Shirley. We were always called Shirley. It's such it's such a porno name, isn't it? And um, yeah, we um, we we were like looking around, and then. Um, one of the boys came back, and um, we couldn't put all the put all the fucking um, stuff back underneath the rocks. So look, I, I can't remember who it was one of my mates. He stuffed the the the, mag, the bit of the magazine he had down the guys on the floor, down the back of his jumper. And so like the guys laying there in, in agony. This is the guy. This is the guy with the, the broken collarbone, and you've yeah, just used him floor. as a, a porno stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah. We used him as cool. a stash, and then um, yeah, and then like his <laughs> no, and then the, we all took off, and then his mum and dad came to like pick him up, found this porno <laughs> fucking stuff down his jumper. He's fucking livid. <laughs> oh shit, bad Absolutely, man. it was fucking gold dust to be fair, but um, yeah, and then like I said, I I moved away from there quite sharpish because it was a. Uh, Someone was looking, look, look, lost a fucking porn mag. So, um, but yeah, my mate um, broke his shoulder, broke his shoulder, and uh, had a porn mag stuffed down his jumper. That's human. I've got a couple of stories here that aren't quite as in depth as uh, Peter, the fucking the porno guy, and old Lewis Sweet Potato Cock. But <laughs> I, th- I think some of these again will probably translate cross border, right? Um, you ever heard this rumour that a guy would put a razor blade and a bit of chewing gum on the water slide at the local leisure pool and a few kids got sliced open? You ever hear that rumour? Yeah, I've heard that rumour. Yeah, so again, all these things are just absolute nonsense. I don't know if you will have heard this one because this seems quite specific. Uh, that this just uh, this is this is brilliant because this is from a guy who can still remember a day in the sixties. So this guy is at least sixty listening to us. So, that is fucking brilliant, mate. Superb. I can still remember a day in the 60s when a rumour went around that a flying saucer had landed and there was a Martian just ripping about. <laughs> you, can, you can tell he's in his 60s because nobody uses the word Martian now, do they? Yeah. That's very of its time. It's just mad fucking alien bastards now, you would say. Fucking Martian. Sounds like he was off his nut on acid. <clears throat> That's probably it. I back in the 60s, you know, summer of love. Like, absolutely full of it. Did you ever hear the one where the um, in the cinemas that like drug addicts were putting, well, heroin addicts were putting their needles in the seats? Did you ever hear that one? Or no, that that's where I've not lived? heard. No. <laughs> or was that just where I lived? Because it was rough as fuck. We're for Glasgow, mate. It's fellow junkies, you know. So, I was but no, say, I've not heard not, that one. <laughs> no, we we um, I've I've heard it in two places where I've lived, and they're just going. Yeah, in the cinemas, you've got to be careful when you sit down. You know, the seats flip down, the needles come out and jab you in the back. And I thought, fuck me, heroin addicts are going to some serious fucking torture methods. But um, but junkies yeah, only going to the cinema, come on. Like, yeah, I think we're giving, we're giving heroin addicts too much credence here that they would have the thought process to be able to do that. Yeah. But, I, yeah. But I never come across it, so it must have been a rumour. Don't get me wrong, the, the local park just up the road to me, used, every now and again, you would, there would there'd be like 
bags of needles would just turn up. I don't know if junkies just ran down and just dumped the bag of needles in a fucking play park next to the football park. Like, that used to happen quite a lot. One you're, the one that you're seeing a lot now is people putting nails into dog food and leaving that in the park and stuff for dogs to eat. Um, you seem to see that in Facebook quite a lot. Yeah, Somebody will post a picture of a dog a biscuit a with a, like a tack in it or a pin in it. Yeah. Sat, oh, these bad, sick bad fuckers, bad. man. Yeah. Yeah, Any pets, bad. mate? Any pets, Ben? Yeah. No, mate. Well, yeah. I, we had a family dog um, and that passed away um, February this year. It's like losing one of your actual, you know, like a member of the family. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Matt. man. That's rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was quite a, well, he was an Alsatian. He was about 14 and his, um, he just, he was fucked really. His back legs are gone. Did his back legs uh, go, mate? That's what happened. Yeah. Back legs are gone and he was living with my dad and, um, like I said, the back legs are gone and he fucking, he died in the kitchen, basically. Just, he was like slumped to the floor, couldn't move him. And the vet came out and he's like, yeah, put him to sleep there and there in the kitchen in front of my dad. And, um, and then quite quite weird, the vet went, do you want to have a few moments with the dog? I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, the dog's dead on the floor. What are you going to do with it? But God knows what he'd done with it. And then he just carried it out and stuffed it in the boot. And that was it. It was gone. It was um, quite surreal, really. But yeah. Um, but apart from that, I've wanted to get a dog for like my house with my kids. Um, but my wife, she wants like a fucking little poodle. And I want like a bear. Um, I want a dog that you walk in the walk in the house after work. And you've got to fucking wrestle it to get into the kitchen. Yeah. Um, so we compromised, um, and obviously the wife always gets what you want. We got a fucking rabbit. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to see a Labrador or something, like something in between. No. A fucking no, rabbit? That's not yeah, the same. Got, Fuck off. <laughs> we, got, we got a rabbit, and um, yeah, I think from how I remember, I think, I'd, um, I, think I, was, uh, I was in the doghouse, actually, and uh, I just said, yeah, get a rabbit. She woke me up and said... Right, I want to get a rabbit today. And I thought, me and her were going to take a trip down Ann Summers. But actually, we're at Pets at Home by 10 o'clock, coming home with a fucking rabbit. Um, that didn't last too long. Foxes got to that. Um, that happened uh, to our rabbit as well. That's the exact same thing happened to us. We were, as kids, we had a rabbit. Stories. Yeah, we had a rabbit called um, Fluffy. And it got eaten by a fox. And the fox left the head just lying in the grass. Mafia foxes. Absolute mafia. Oh, the, huh. the countryman, Lolly. I had a. I had a rabbit. Um, it was like a Dutch flop ear thing, right? Big fucking flop ears. Mr. Floppy, we called it. And we, uh, we connected the hutch to the side of the shed. I've told this story before. Um, and junkies broke into the shed one night and stole the lawnmower and shit like that. And I don't know why they fucking decided to burn the shed down to cover up, like, fucking any evidence or something. I don't know. But... Obviously, with the hutch being connected to the side of the fucking shed, it's full of hay. Mr. Floppy was no more, basically. Rabbit, rabbits are be bastards as well. Like, see, like, like, see if you don't play with them and, like, touch them and hold them every single day, they become horrible little, horrible little bastards really fast. Fuck well, yeah, rabbits. I, I don't like rabbits. I, yeah, I couldn't be fucked with it. I made, Fuck I, Mr. Floppy. I made, <laughs> I made one little joke. I took the, when my wife was at work, I sent her a photo of I put. I put as a joke, obviously it's a joke. I put the rabbit in the frying pan and like held it. <laughs> and um, she, like, literally within 10 seconds, she rang me. She's like, What the fuck are you doing? I was like, I'm not joking. Um, but yeah, well, the, then the, um, the foxes got to it. And um, yeah, we, um, but like you say, they're just fucking, they're just a pain in the ass. Just nibble everything. There's fucking little balls of shit everywhere. My son, Ronnie, he's little. We, that's when we, when we realized, I think we've made an error with the rabbit. So we're stro- he struck the rabbit, and Ronnie was about, eight months and he just fucking bit it 
um, bit it right on the side of the ear, and she yelped and screamed, and we thought, ah, oh, you've got to go. Um, and then obviously the fox took her off our hands, so that was uh, that was quite good news for me, really. So I'm still working on her to try and get a dog. Um, but she said to me yesterday she wants to get a guinea pig. I thought, oh, you're fucking having me on here. I'll get so. <laughs> Are you managed to like an eight-year-old girl? <laughs> no, it feels, sometimes it feels like it. Well, no, I shouldn't say that sounds even worse. <laughs> but, um, no, See, um, yeah, I just want to because I've had Alsatians, German Shepherds all my life. Um, but my bot, the guy I work for, he's he's um, he's um, he's half gypsy, so uh, he's um, he's a real nice bloke, and um, he was trying to sell me his Doberman. Um, which was oh, of course, he was. Come on, like what, no, what no, else uh, would he do? But, but I didn't know he was a gyp- like half gypsy, half traveller till he, he was trying to sell me his Doberman. And I said to him a couple of days down, there, I was like, yeah, you, I was like, um, don't traveller sell a dog. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a traveller, half traveller. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Half traveller, um, like he goes in one direction and then <laughs> that's that. But yeah, he sent me the Doberman and he said, because um, I was around his house, we were sorting out some um, jobs that were in the pipeline. And he goes, um, I said about what a dog. And he said, you can have um, my Doberman if you want, you bite off me. Um, later on down the line, found out that he sold it three times, and every owner's given it back. So um, I didn't think it was the right idea of two nippers bringing a Doberman that's already been given back because it's been biting people. So I'm, t- um, I'm, I'm shocked that he took it back three times. That's must be a, a good guy. Well, I think. I've, well, I, I said to him, I said, "You're getting the money back." Are they giving the money back? He's like, "No, I'm a fuck." So it's probably a, it's the right earner for him, really. <laughs> oh, yeah, just sell a fucking vicious dog to families. Yeah. yeah. Talking about dog, I suppose that kind of like, talking about dogs again. This is an R guy back in the seventies. Uh, there used to be a blind old guy who wandered about with his guide dog. Everywhere he went, kids would run over and pat the nice old dog. But wait, his dog wasn't a guide dog. Supposedly, it was just an old guy who liked children, and he bought like this special harness just to tempt kids to come over. Like this seems to be like there always seems to be paedophile <laughs> stories. That's another thing that seems to keep popping up. Like the local pedophile ripping him out with a fake guide dog, like with his fucking sun specs on, kidding on that he's blind just so that kids come over to pet his dog. Any rumours of pedophiles about your area, mate? Uh, when I was young, we used to, I used to live in a cul de sac. And um, oh, I was saying that actually, right? And I, I've said this to my parents. I used to have a, where I used to, I used to be about four years old and we used to live up in Aldershot. Um, and I'm pretty sure mum and dad used to pimp me out. Um, basically, <laughs> two, door, two doors down, there was an old boy oh, called God. Sid. I swear down, there was an old boy called Sid. He must have been in his 90s. And he used to pay me to wash his car. Like, it, 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 my mum my would go, yeah, go, on, go around Sid's house. And like, you know, back then, no one ever fucking thought anything of it. And I remember being in, well, I don't remember it. My mum was showing me photos of like me washing Sid's car in a fucking nappy. And a wee pair of hot pants. I've got a nappy on and some red wellies and some lipstick on. And I'm washing his fucking <laughs> car. And he just stood there with his pipe watching me. And I'm going, I'm looking back going, mum, that's wrong. You're like Jeffrey Epstein now. What's going on? <laughs> there's a there's a terrible story like that that I know and it's not a fun, particularly funny story but it's just mental um, I used to work with uh, a lady that used to be a policewoman yeah. and um, she told us that one of her jobs when she was in the police she had to visit ex-offenders to make sure they were still obeying the terms of the release Yeah. and she visited this pedo guy's uh, flat in Glasgow that he lived in and as part of his release he wasn't allowed a computer he wasn't allowed a mobile phone um, he wasn't allowed like magazines or anything like that. He basically wasn't allowed anything which would give him any sort of 
pedo gratification, I suppose, is the one way of putting it. And it was their job to basically go to the house and make sure he was obeying that and wasn't doing stuff that he shouldn't be doing and looking at things that he shouldn't be. Mm. And she went to the house and she found basically his his wanking material. And um, it was the Argos catalogue and it was the pictures of all the kids playing McCarty, playing Metroid. Oh, fucking hell. It's like the grimmest, horriblest thing I've ever heard. And that was the final straw that made her leave the police. So she oh, just couldn't cope with that job anymore. When you're like, you know, since... Since I've had like another like when you have a baby and all that and your whole life changes, I used to like you hear things like that and it just makes my skin like makes me my blood boil makes me like I couldn't if anyone ever touched my kids like you know what I mean you you go to the I'd like, fucking chop them up man like I I'm all for um a little bit of chopping crunch up basically um, <laughs> yeah. if, just if, a little if, bit when necessary. if they start that shit man here you come here I'm gonna chop you into tiny wee pieces yeah. That might be very. Um, some people might think it's extreme, but fuck them. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. I don't think it's extreme. I think you know that's um. But it's not, you know, as they say, it's an illness and all that. I was like, well, you, you are a wrong one, aren't you? You just got to be fucking shot and just get them all fucking shot, and it'll be the world will be a better place, won't it? Yes, I can totally agree with that. Um, let the let the parents of the parents of the children there fucking molest them over. Just take a fucking shot at them. Um, and then it'd be done with it, and then, uh, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's sick to think there's people out there that are actually like that and would do harm these kids and stuff like that. Just, it's disgusting, isn't it? Okay, it really is. We're, we're not going to go... We'll, we'll, we'll move on from the old... Yeah, <laughs> let's, go, let's, let's go back to the friendly environment. Yeah. Saying that, but I've got another one here. Uh, my mother and father claimed in primary school there was a deranged albino on the list. <laughs> a deranged albino. <laughs> Attempting to snatch children, apparently said Albino would leave a trail of fish at the cross paths beside the primary school. Mum says that the school sent out letters to the parents informing them. <laughs> like, you, you've either just made that up or your mother's mental because a deranged Albino. Come on. A deranged Albino. Funny you should say that, literally, when I was growing up, because I'm... I'm quite, like I said, I'm half Scottish. I've got the, the Scottish genes when it comes to skin. I'm quite pale. I'm quite pale. And uh, one of my nicknames was Albino, which was um, was always a hit with the ladies, um, <laughs> being, known, being known as an Albino. So, But no, um, yeah, deranged Albino, fucking hiding fish. That's a bit odd, isn't it? I've been, I've been uh, listening to a couple of your podcasts, mate. Some of your opinions about Scottish people are quite good. Um, <laughs> I think I think one, one of them was... Glaswegians have got a life expectancy of 14 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can totally get behind that, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's well, my, um, some of the, like, I don't even, like, my old man, he's about as Scottish as they come, right? Like, he's, uh, he loves a drink. He smokes and drinks since he was about seven. Um, uh, Vindaloo, King Prawn Vindaloo, and he's still going strong. So he's one of the lucky ones. He must have a fucking liver like iron. But yeah, he's, um, he's as Scottish as they come. He's, uh, He's a right Scottish jock. Um, being brought up by that was uh, it was hard. Something you know, and actually, don't not like this. These parents this day and age, where you're like, put the kid in the naughty step. I was fucking shot putted into the naughty step, fucking thrown at it. <laughs> oh, you were at you were like kind of natural disadvantage because you would from the minute you were born, your dad hated you because you were English. That's it. Oh, <laughs> he, told, he said to me, he said to me, he's just like when England were playing Scotland in the rugby or football, he's like, you fucking don't you dare support England. Like, you know, <laughs> tough love. Is that like 
being the age we are, we, we were probably just at the, the sort of tail end of like serious like child fucking not abuse, but you know what I mean, like a serious dude. My dad lettered me a couple of times and you'd get a scalp in the arse. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see the harm in it if I don't have kids. See if the kids been a wee dick man, like ho oh, shut up and like it's it's negative reinforcement and even yeah. nowadays when it comes to animals and dogs, it's all all positive reinforcement, it's not negative reinforcement. But mm. a scalp in the arse never well, really done you any harm, did it? Like no. it just it, it shut you up. Taught- yeah, yeah it, taught, it taught you the boundary, didn't it? You've gone, fuck me, I'm not ever stepping that mark again. Because kids these days, they get away with fucking everything, don't they? They talk to their, they just t- treat their teachers like shit. They talk to their parents like shit because they can't be touched, don't they? If they well, want to be I'm a lamppost, they can be a fucking lamppost. Yeah. yeah. I remember, <laughs> you, yeah, you're not wrong. I remember one saying something back to my mum, you know, trying to push the, push the boundaries. And I was like, oh, no, right. I don't. I think I saw, I went, no, I don't fucking want that. And before I finished the sentence, my old man fucking clothesline me. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell. All right, then we won't, won't talk to me old dear like that then. Um, so, yeah, that, that, I don't. I just think, like you say, there's um, there's a boundary with that, you know, a clip around the arse, clip, clip around not, the back. I'm not talking about, like, fucking leather and, like, absolutely battering your child, but, like, a, no, yeah, a not... slap to the back <laughs> of your legs. Like, oh. Yeah. Not not GBH. No, I know GBH. You're not getting, like, the bat out or anything. You know, like, you know. Nah. Like, just a wee, a wee slap. Shut up! Stop being a little rain. Yeah. I was never ever hit as a child. I've, I was never smacked or anything, and I've ended up being an arsehole. So there probably is some truth in that that it, it does help. So no, it obviously, obviously don't work because I was I was sometimes beating black. Well, giving a good clip around the air, and I'm still an arsehole, mate. So it might just be us. I think uh, maybe it's be born an arsehole then. That could be it. That's it. That's it. Right. Um, bunch along me, uh, Colin. You've been kind enough to. Because dads to lads, um, we've got Ben on from there. You've found some sort of dad facts or stories that will bounce through just before we sort of uh, wrap this up. Yeah, yes. no worries. Okay, so this this the, the amount of effort that went into this was huge. I basically just typed into Google <laughs> facts about dads, and um, this was like the third third result that came back. So a couple of these are quite interesting. Um, a guy called Halsey Taylor invented the drinking fountain and he did that in 1912 um, as a tribute to his father who succumbed from typhoid fever after drinking from a contaminated public water supply in 1896. <laughs> See, that, oh, that's, that's pretty forward thinking because I'm pretty sure back in the day they used to just think that it was the smell that got you. Like uh, This guy must have figured out that yeah, drinking dirty water will fuck you up, so... Good for Hasley Taylor, I suppose, to figure yeah, that out. Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah. Fair I suppose, though, Hasley. like, in this new COVID world we live in, though, a public drinking fountain is very much a thing of the past. They don't exist anymore. They're but probably even, never going like, to be a thing. When, when was the last time you ever drank out of fucking... Like, can you think of any in Glasgow, mate, like, Colin? Like... There's one in... Yeah, there's, there is. There's, there's actually quite a few now because there's a, there's a Scottish executive scheme about refilling water bottles and not buying bottled water every day right. and there's a tap now on Buchanan Street which is probably the busiest street in Glasgow um, and it's just at the bottom down where the Apple store is um, there is a tap in Glasgow and it's to encourage folk just to fill up their water, water bottles themselves and I think there's a number of them around, around the city now so they were trying to actually reintroduce this and make it a thing 
um, before obviously COVID changed the world forever. I, I would imagine COVID's going to hammer that though, because I wouldn't really fancy putting my bottle around a, a public tap now. I don't think, even though nah. there's probably nothing wrong with it, but I don't think I would do it now. No, fuck that. That sounds absolutely disgusting. To be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, moving on, um, I've what was it? What was the next one? I'm trying to find George Washington. I can see it it's right in front of me. Come on. Oh yeah, I wasn't doing them in order, but okay then. Um, so George Washington, the celebrated father of America, um, very very important day for America. We're recording this on Tuesday, the day that America goes to the polls. Um, George Washington is a celebrated father of that country. and had no children of his own. Um, a 2004 survey, though, suggested that a type of tuberculosis that he contracted in childhood may have rendered him sterile. Um, however, he did adopt two children. Um, so George Washington, known as the father of his country, couldn't have any kids of his own. It's firing blanks. Like, everybody had tuberculosis back then. Yeah, it was, was kind of common. Mm. Yeah, it killed so many people, didn't it, the old TB? I think it actually... This is a, this is a bizarre story, right? I was at my, my grand's... My mum's mum's funeral, like, about six months ago, like, she lived to a ripe old age. She was, like, 94 or something. But during the, the eulogy thing, um, the priest or whatever said, um, Isabel, Christine, and then mentioned this other woman that I'd never heard of. And it turned out my mum had a sister who died of tuberculosis when she was, like, 11. And that was the first time that I'd ever heard about it. My mum had never told me that. In her whole entire life, and that's wow. the only time I found out. But that's a bit. I think that's a bit strange. Not knowing. Yeah, I wonder why she wouldn't have told you. I don't know. Maybe it was just. I don't know if it was too hard for her to speak about. But yeah, yeah it took and, it so. took until that funeral for me to find out that my mum had a sister that died of TB. Hundreds of people had it. It's a shame. But <clears throat> um, there's not really any way to segue on from that, so I'll just move on. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in in Thailand, the king's birthday also serves as National Father's Day. Um, the celebration includes fireworks, speeches, and acts of charity and honour. The most distinct of which being the, the donation of blood and the liberation of captive animals. So I don't, kind of I don't really understand Thailand, what that means. The so basically, it must be like yeah, so like blood donors, isn't it? Like you know, when the blood van comes to your work and you all donate blood. And you get a Kit Kat after it. It's always a fucking Kit Kat they give you, sort of. Yeah, an orange squash or diluting orange into it. That's it. Um, but I, so they, they do that in Thailand. It must be how they, I don't know, maybe they struggle to get blood the rest of the year. So they have to have like a proper give blood day for your dad. Was it Thailand um, where the guy banned chewing gum? That rings a bell. Because it, it like, obviously, because like cunts spit out chewing gum all the time and it costs an absolute fucking fortune to pick it up. So yeah, you decided just to ban it. And the only way you could get it is if you went to the dentist and registered as a chewing gum eater. Basically, <laughs> and you had to, you had to go on like a fucking like a chewing gum list. I thought you got a habit. Black market for chewing gum. That's it. Like, that's it. Get people giving it chewing gums in little bite and little white bags. Hey mate, on you go. Um, right. another, another couple, and then we'll wrap it up in a couple of minutes. Right. Okay. So in the underworld world, in the underwater world of seahorses. It's the male that carries the eggs and gives birth to the babies. Yes. Have you ever seen a seahorse giving birth? I've seen David Attenborough. He's he's done that, hasn't he, on the old um, blue yeah. planet? It's, it's um, mental. It yeah. just explodes. They, so hundreds of them. Fucking, they fire them out, don't they, like a machine gun? It's I've never crazy. seen this, no. 
Or you should look it up on YouTube after this. You'll love it. That's the thing um, with blokes, isn't it? When, when they, if the bloke was to give birth, he'd just fucking fire them out, get on with it. Women make a meal of it, don't they? That's it. One of the questions <laughs> I was going to ask you was, like, how would you feel if, it, if, the, if the roles were reversed and it was you that had to give birth, I think? Listen, I've, I've had some... I've had some issues at the toilet after a night on the Guinness, which can't be much worse or much better than childbirth. And it must be worth it for that big nine-month holiday you get after it. So I don't really know what they're complaining Supposedly about. Supposedly it's like pissing out a lemon. Oh, my, my wife's a midwife. Um, and to be fair, some of the things I've heard, I think I'd much rather it be on the other foot, let the women take on that. Because, uh, yeah, um, it's some of the stuff like fucking stitching up and fucking rips tears and you know what i mean it's uh not my cup of tea mate i'll quite happily let them crack on with that does she have any stories about guys like um try to like wink at the surgeon after the birth like to get because give an extra couple of stitches to me yeah she's had that the, the um <laughs> what i found out with midwives is they fucking hate blokes they don't have any time for us <laughs> so i've been in there with them like you know emily said to me because i'm a bit of a joker she said when you go in there ben don't say the fucking things like can i ask for another stitch uh, make it tight, give it a wink, or, um, you know, like, start fucking, sh- sh- like, making jokes. Just sit there and be fucking quiet. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. So I was in there, and um, Emily was having some major contractions, and because she works, she's a midwife, the midwives had taken extra special care of her, gave her own special room, um, and she's, like, ready to blow this baby, and she's gone and had a, sh- they put her in, they've gone and said, look, have a nice relaxing bath, you know, get, you know, get yourself relaxed as best you can. And I'm just sat there like a spare cock. Um, and then another, they brought in the food. So they brought in like a, they brought in a little tray with a little like a little plate cover on it. Don't know what's in it. And then the lady's gone, yeah, that's for Emily. That's her dinner. Like, see if she can get some, you know, get her to eat some. And I thought, all right. And obviously when you're trapped in a hospital for about, we were in there fucking ages, you can't go off, you can't nip off down the KFC for a, you know, a Zinger Tower burger. You've got to wait and wait until the baby's out. And this food, I lifted up the little plate when she was in the bath. And I could, it was a little curry. It was a little chicken tikka curry. And it smelled glorious. Um, Emily's in the bath like a fucking donkey in there, like yelping and screaming and all that. And I'm going, <laughs> em, do you want any of this curry? She goes, no, I don't want any of this fucking curry. And I thought, oh, fucking hell. I was like, you sure? Because it's just going to go cold. And she's like, just fuck off. She's like, just fuck off. And she's like screaming in the shout, screaming in the bath. So I've started like having a little bit. I've had a little mouthful. Put the fork down. I've gone. Cool, that's fucking good, that. So I've gone in, had another mouthful. Cool, oh, that's good. I said, are you sure you don't want any? I might try a little bit. She just Ben, shut the fuck up. I'm like, all right, okay. So I've started eating the curry. And as I've eaten the curry, the fucking door's open. It's the midwife. And she just looked me up and down and goes, that was actually for your wife, who's having your child, while you're sat you there can't. eating her curry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks at me like I walked into her house on Christmas Eve and kicked her fucking turkey off the table. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was in yeah. hospital like, a couple of months ago where... Gallstones, kidney stones, fucking those kind of mind. <laughs> they were sore as fuck, and I have heard, um, I might have heard this from Jeremy Clarkson on the telly. So this is a pretty unreliable take, take source. Take this with a pinch of salt, then. Yes, take this with a fucking <laughs> pinch of salt. But um, supposedly, if you ask a woman who has had a child and who has also had uh, gallstones, gallstones are worse. So. I feel your pain, ladies. I really yeah. do, because that was really bad. Right, uh, going back on, like I'm not going to go through these all, Colin, but <laughs> this made me laugh. Like you get best TV dads, so you've got like a bunch of people there, like Philip Banks, Homer Simpson, blah blah blah. 
<laughs> the thing that made me laugh, <laughs> worst dads, Darth Vader. Uh-huh. Chris Benoit. David O'Daffy to cut his son's hand off. And yes, Chris Benoit killed his children. So it doesn't get much worse than that in terms of Chris Benoit. Yeah, yeah. man. Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit wins that hands down. Yes, he wins that. He wins that. Um, right, we're going to go to the forums, mate. Like, uh, Ben, me and Colin both sort of um, admin. Well, Colin's done it for years. And I've only started recently doing it where we sort of admin forums and some of the things that people share on the forums are brilliant and I do have a little jingle for it. Yep. Right, so... <laughs> we'll what a talk- jingle that is, by the way. Yeah, so we dance in triangle, man. I do love it myself. Uh, there's there's a couple here. Um, basically, we've been talking about sort of tall tales and people telling absolute porkies. So we'll do one or two each, Colin, before we wrap it up. So uh, a guy who used to drink in a pub <laughs> told us that he was swimming in the sea off the California coast one day when a helicopter dropped a huge bucket, scooped him up along with water and dropped him in the middle of a forest fire. Like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> it didn't happen. Um, next up on the list of things that didn't happen, um, a guy I went to school with says he went to Canada for a WWF pay-per-view. He was in the front row and caught the Rock's elbow pad when he did the pe- elbow. He didn't get to bring it back to the UK as a souvenir though, because he was invited backstage afterwards and the rock asked for it back. <laughs> well, Dwayne Johnson's like, I cannot, I cannot spare an elbow pad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <right>. One more. <laughs> I walked by a guy who was always boasting about how big his cock was and one time in Blackpool we got off this girl at a disco, we spent the night in a hotel next morning he gets a phone call from the girl who is hysterical and phoning from the doctor's surgery the doctor is threatening to phone the police so our man heads down to the surgery where the doc sort of rages at him and says he has done terrible damage to the girl but we only had consensual sex this guy says, no way absolutely no way did a human penis do this to this young lady I'm phoning the police. While he's dialing, the man unzips his trousers and puts the offending article onto the table. The doctor gasps, bug-eyed, and quietly replaces the receiver. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there, I. <laughs> I think that'll do us, man. That'll do us. We've, we've pushed nearly an hour, which is... Colin, you know I don't like going over an hour when it comes to podcasts, but you Ben, it's one of your I do know it's not it's not one of my things. I, I lose interest in podcasts that are over an hour. But Ben, pleasure, mate. Thanks for coming on. Colin, Jack, thank you very much for having us, um, for having me as well. And um, yeah, look forward to uh, getting you guys on our podcast and uh, carrying on with some more banter, mate. Definitely. Cheers, Ben. Pleasure listening to you. Take care, guys. Have a good day. Right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers.